0: This is a family matter. The casualties after the intergalactic battles. This little child slept through. If life is a story, then mine is a saga, and we'll write it long enough if they let you. This is a family matter. The casualties after the intergalactic battles. This little child slept through. If life is a story, then mine is a saga, and we'll.
1: Welcome to another episode of brian k pod the internet's only podcast about the amazing author brian k vaughn and his wonderful series saga done with artist fiona staples that is also hosted by myself spencer
0: and me logan
1: that's right the only podcast can i repeat the whole thing i can't do it i would mess <laughs> it up um but you know it's accurate when we go to that many links to validate our specificity. Um, So welcome to our podcast. Every week what we do is we break down an Issue of saga um, I have read a few issues ahead of where we are currently which is issue six that's what we're talking about this week but we go from cover to cover and talk about everything in between uh, Logan will sometimes pull some uh, letters from the letters pages I'm reading from a big collected edition um, so we're just but we're talking about each issue at a time Logan's read ahead of me so I call him my expert he always demures but he, he knows more than I so he is the expert um, and I am your newbie but in a few episodes Logan I'm about to go off book I, I've I had a big memory as reading this issue and went, oh, yes, I know what happens with this specific thing. And then that's it. That's where my cutoff is. Um, and so so looking forward to, to getting there and getting into the great unknown. Um, but we'll sort of break it down, talk about it, talk about the subtext of the book and the major text of the book. And uh, we always have sort of a parenting corner at some point. I've got a good one this week if you don't, Logan, <laughs> and because uh, you always throw good questions to me. Um, but, yeah, so spoiler alert through uh, issue six, uh, not really ahead of that. Uh, Logan's letting me have a good time enjoying the uh, the story uh, on my own uh, for the first time uh, all the way to catch up and then uh, but he kind of provides context so don't worry if you haven't read ahead and are reading along with this series we will not ruin it that's a lot of talking how you doing Logan
0: <laughs> I'm good um yeah I, I when we got to the when I got to the end of this issue um, I was like oh, I can't wait to talk to Spencer about this because he has experienced a version of this so you know
1: it's funny you say that and that's and i had a whole different subject to bring up and then you say that i'm like oh yeah no duh that's like (laughs) logan you bring in the context um so yeah we will definitely get there um i want to start with something else though okay how great is the cover
0: okay we're totally in sync so I, I was waiting to see where you would start, and I was gonna say, can we go back because we never ever start with the covers? We usually mention something about them, but um, this is the first cover that does not feature a character.
1: Yeah and, and you know, and it's it's funny because in reading it, or not reading it, seeing the, the cover before I get into the issue and kind of know what it alludes to. It also doesn't give me any indication of what it's about whatsoever. Um, like, it like uh, from, because op- well, it's about well,
0: leaving le- the planet. Well, let me so. rephrase,
1: let me rephrase in an obvious way. Like, cause if a character's right. involved, I'm like, Oh, we're going to see uh, the stalk, or, Oh, we're going to see the will. In this case, I'm like some leaves and a planet. I don't understand. And, and, and I'm like Jack and the beanstalk, What's going on? I don't know. And I love that I don't know, but I can't stop looking at it. It's so beautiful. And then when you get through the issue, it makes perfect sense. It's a total plot point that's right there on the cover. But to me, that's like a perfect cover because it's about the issue. It's beautiful. It draws you in, but it gives nothing away.
0: Yeah, and... So, anybody who hasn't seen it, it like he said, it's just, like, leaves and a planet, like, this trail of leaves that leads back to the planet. But the focus is on this one, like, bigger leaf, and there's this, like, shine on the leaf, like a light. It looks like a glare. Mm-hmm. And, like, y- you don't really understand that until the end. Well, at least, in, you know, till you, like, oh, the rocket ship. <laughs> okay. Right. So... I'm yeah, so it's good. perfect. The colors,
1: a- the shading, the, like the the just we talked a we've talked a good bit about like the lighting throughout the series, but just just huge huge props to Fiona Staples and these amazing covers.
0: Yeah, uh, and this one is not only does it not feature a main character, it's the first one I think to not have that sort of uh, not primary color background, but the flat kind of. Um, I can actually look, because I, I read it digitally, so I can just look at all the covers, so. But yeah, they've
1: all got like the yellow background, a green yeah. background, um, and I and think, you know. This is
0: a starfield, so. So it's you know. kind of
1: got that, it's like got black as the color, but the starfield adds this texture to it. It's a little different, it's a little more, um, it doesn't feel like a backdrop to the art. It's just a, a picture. It's a pretty
0: picture, man yeah so good unfortunately it always (laughs) invokes uh washes i'm a leaf on the wind from firefly for me but uh it is still a great cover i'm gonna say bookmark the firefly
1: comics i've got it i've got a thought i got firefly thoughts in a few pages um awesome cool it's it's fun we both like i I think that it doesn't make us i think i think what that does is not prove how smart we are but prove just how universally great her covers are
0: (laughs) And upgrade
1: this cover is, you know what I mean.
0: Yeah, um, if I were reading this month to month at the time, this I pr- I may have like if I didn't have it in a pull box, this is probably an issue I would have overlooked because I would I would have been looking for what I usually see from her covers, mm-hmm. and then I would have been like, wait, where's Saga? And Pat yeah. would have been like, it's right there. I'm like, oh, well, that's a really different cover it's fantastic but it's so different no for sure and and it's funny i am i've
1: got my uh shelves i think i've shown you my shelves like now cleaned up with just the pull drawer boxes um that's how you've got them all now Pull drawers and not no top loaders anymore
0: that's awesome.
1: Um, so so really cool. But what I'm doing is there's space up there because the shelves are very deep, um, and I've got like my my why the last man number one that you gave me years ago as a gift that I've graded, um, which I know you disagree with, but at least it's safe. Um, is uh, propped up against the front of one of the boxes, and I think I'm going to get not graded books because that's like a lot of money, and I don't really, I truthfully, as much as I think that's fun, I don't really care about investing in that way, um. But I'm going to get some little frames and try to put in front of each box a framed comic book issue that's really cool looking, like really visually striking. And now I'm like, well, I found one for the list of uh, things to find (laughs) and put on there because this would look super cool to be able to see it more frequently. Like we talked about last week about how, like, in college I would have had posters of these covers. Mm -hmm. This one is one I would like – I would love to have on display somewhere, so I'm going to do
0: that. Yeah, it's beautiful, man.
1: All right. Well, let's, uh, you know, we, You know, five minutes on the cover. You know, this is, a, this is a great start to talking about this issue. I thought this was a great issue. So I'm excited to jump in. Not that we've had a bad one, but I think this is just really, it's the end of our graphic novel collection, correct?
0: Yes. Okay. Yeah, this ends the first. Um, he even mentions it in the letters column. Um, this would have been Had the the series not kind of caught a little bit of fire, or very much fire, uh, this would have been the end of the show. It would not have ended the way it ended, Um, but this would have been it. They had uh, initially six issues uh, fully planned out, Mm -hmm. and then, you know, kind of stories for what would come next, but he had a different ending if, you know, issue number one doesn't do anything, so...
1: No, so so OK, cool. So then we're we're coming to a conclusion. So what I would say is about this issue generally and I would love your thoughts too um, about the general thoughts on the issue is that I felt this is such a perfect. Um, uh, combination of all of our various plot lines. There's not too much time spent anywhere where we shouldn't. Um, it definitely makes me want more, but it's all like it's coming together to an ending of an issue that feels like OK. Our, a lot of setup is done and now all our strands have direction that I didn't see some of them, which I did not see coming before um, and at least so directly. And I felt like this really bounces between sort of like a sitcom. Uh, Like we're watching the Golden Girls right now and like Sophia's always got her B story and sometimes Rose has got her C story. And so it's like, that's sort of the same concept with these big, um, not necessarily team books, but books with so many storylines going on and team books, you see this a lot in them. They send people off to do various different tasks, right? And you got to kind of jump between all the different plots. This has such good pacing and substance within the time you spend with each plot line. It just feels like a perfectly balanced, ending and I think I may have texted you to and all to say that it gave me this feeling that I believe I texted you about earlier, maybe said right when we picked up. I don't remember, but I'm having a very hard time not reading ahead because of how propulsive and how this all comes together now, because of how well he's balancing all the different storylines and characters.
0: Um, that is a perfect way to put it because I, I'd said like, it's the like dun, dun, dun. That makes it sound soap operaish, but you're right. It's propulsive where you're just like, no, 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 no. This is not like, oh my God, this is insane. What's going to happen next? Cause this doesn't really end with any kind of, true insane cliffhanger you're just like i have to know where this goes
1: yeah absolutely there's um i think i don't know why i think maybe because it's the context of talking to you but i think of how han solo talks about the millennium Falcon running like like humming and sort of go like the way he the way you're given this feeling of how that ship runs is how i feel this series has started to run and i'm like oh i got like I, i got like the I got the feeling I like I have movement inside of me as I'm reading this, like, oh, I got to see what happens next. Like, my whole body is invested in turning the page. And then I literally, I finished the issue and I turned the page. And I was like, nope, got to stop, got to stop, don't do it, try to be strong right now. Um, and so, but it's like, I'm just ready to just keep going. And I, I can I'm, see. I'm my- waiting
0: for the week where we record five episodes because you're like no i read it so and i want to keep reading so we have to record I, i i the one
1: thing i will say about not doing it So and I have no negativity if you're out there buying collections and you're just binging through it. No, no judgment there. The one thing I am enjoying about The Pause is I've been thinking a lot about uh, watching shows like Lost, obviously because of the Vaughn connection. But watching Lost, watching Game of Thrones in the early days, watching even sitcoms when I was younger and just having that week between things because they seem to matter more when you have to wait for – yeah, that week, that month still thinking issues but waiting a week makes you make even sitcoms feel more important as like a kid because you're like oh what's going to happen next with the full house house but it's really like it's going to be the same thing right a problem and they solve it and it's over but you that waiting puts this importance on it as a kid where you're like what's going to happen and and as you get older, you have the more serious shows and you're more serialized and you're invested in that waiting, though, builds the anticipation, builds the involvement, gives it more mental real estate for me. So I'm really enjoying the waiting as much as I feel propelled. I'm also like, nope it feels really good to think on it, look back at it. When I read the next issue, I've had several days to ruminate on our conversation. So I am enjoying it. And I hope if we have any listeners out there who are reading along with the episodes um, are having that same experience because it is, I think, enriching.
0: Yeah. And I'm, I'm weirdly enough, I'm getting a lot out of it by going back and because I'll reread the issue like three times before we record usually. Um, and so like i i just i pick up more rather than even though i've read it tw- at least twice all the way through once before mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just i'm getting more out of it so yeah yeah
1: that's awesome well cool we haven't even started the
0: issue let's get into the issue <laughs> <laughs> so is your parenting thing about little kids fingernails <laughs> heck yeah it is
1: <laughs> page one once upon a time each of us was somebody's kid, right? It's the most generic truth in the world, right? But I still, but it is because it's universal. It's like one of the most universal truths. <laughs> like it's just great. Um, I like this, but the thing that is on the same page is the dad going, ow, 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 she's obsessed with my neck flesh. And then, so that's Marco and then Alana saying, I know her fingernails are like little hypodermics. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> both of these statements, Hazel's narration and this moment, are 100% true. <laughs> and it's awful. Um, I have to like so. So if you have somehow jumped on at this point in the podcast, I you know my prefaces. I had a baby. Uh, my wife had a baby three months ago, um, so we have a newborn and I have a six year old. So Logan asked me lots of questions and I sort of because of their parental journey. Um, I am I, I we talk about it a little bit and I will say like I am constantly not constantly, but I'm on nail alert because cause like I'm really good at making him laugh as I can cut his nails and like but I'm always on like have they gotten too long again have they gotten too long again do we need to file them do we need to clip them because he will also cut himself that's the thing that you yeah. don't like you talk the jokes are they hurt you and they do but they will hurt themselves and I think they stick big...
0: himself in the eye and then it looks like you beat your child
1: <laughs> oh yeah we definitely already had that like it looks like they got a little black eye around the edge because they're like the fingers go to the eyeballs and um yeah no totally really relatable moment in Saga. Yet again, another relatable parenting moment. Um, anyway, I, I'm assuming you've experienced this with your nieces and nephews.
0: Oh, yeah. And so uh, my sister Kelly has, uh, well, he's a little over one now, uh, Jeremiah. She, she has a kid with Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. And so one thing that I've learned about Down syndrome children is that even at that young age, they are incredibly muscly. Like their muscles are strong. And okay. so he does the thing Well, you know babies swing at you. You know, they're they're yeah. just playing. Yeah, except this is a one year old kid who swings right. like a five year old kid and uh he doesn't understand that he's punching you in the face, but he is punching you in the face. Yeah. <laughs> so and he thinks it's great. <laughs> so um, Little Hulk Jr. So, yeah, not only can he have nails that cut you <laughs> deep, but uh, he can take a swing at you <laughs> like a very uh, young child. You know, it, it could leave a mark. And yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I've, I've been hit and cut many times recently. <laughs> so, yeah, prospective parents out there. Just
1: to understand, Saka gets it. <laughs> um, so we so we go on and and you know it's funny. This is a yet another. Um, we always at the end of our episodes talk about our favorite panel or our series of panels or page, and it starts with just another beautiful. It's just, her work is so good. Uh, Fiona Staples' work is just amazing. But another good uh, splash. I, I love that it's so. They use it so regularly to set. You know place and kind of the theme and the or the the mood of what's happening they're in the dark it's smoky um they're in kind of they're on foot i just i really like all of that um but i really do like two is what we've talked about a lot is We talked a lot in the series about how they deal with or how they address gender norms. But I also like how inclusive the conversation about parents is, because I think generically what happens in these hero stories, because at some point maybe this is Hazel's origin. I don't like origin. It is Hazel's origin story, but maybe it's her hero origin story. I don't really know that at this point. Um, But usually like Kell el yeah, everyone has a mother and a father, but his is uh you know the uh, super smart scientist or depending on which iteration who may have gone a little crazy but um but super smart scientist and like beautiful mom and they were part of the upper crust of of crypto like there's always these things that sort of qualified as like yeah everyone's got a mom and dad and not everybody's dad was like a space senator and so what they do here by saying everyone had a father, even if he never provided anything more than a seed, and everyone had a mother, even if she had to leave us on a stranger's doorstep, and and what I like about that is that it opens up to the readers of any experience, like it it brings everybody in, because if you didn't have that, that's fine. Like if you had both your parents, that's great. You're not excluded in this, but often you are excluded. I grew up without my dad, so I think about this stuff a lot, but you get excluded from the the hero narrative in a a weird way um, that by by the assumption being to be the hero bruce wayne had both parents clark kent had four parents and like that you know you know uh, peter parker may have lost both of his parents but then he had like a really super kind aunt right and like it's all these different things that you're like it doesn't include having a crappy parent and and this does that, and I really love it. It's a small thing. It's two panels, um, and 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 they, you know, they go some more, you know, th- you know about how stories, you know, begin and end the same. But I really liked that inclusive parent narrative
0: being it is, added. It is the Stanley moment in Into the Spider Verse where he tells Miles, well, anyone can wear the mask. Yes. So it it, it is perfect. Um, I do want to, like, once again. Like, not to be ominous, but, like, this is the fourth time in six issues, I think, that he has dropped something along the lines of they all end the same, too. Which, like, is an obvious statement, but it is ominous. (laughs) It's like, especially after we just saw somebody, we thought, oh, well, they designed this beautiful character. She's going to be hunting them for a while no <laughs> hole in chest <laughs> dead. <laughs> so you know like yeah um th- this whole page is fantastic <laughs> yeah
1: no i i totally agree and it, it is it's feeding off the themes um of of what we've talked about before the this the the again hazel's narration making you go who all dies <laughs> not, not yeah. just like of course they all die but because that's what happens in life but who 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 are they talking about? Who is she talking about? Is it both of them? Is it more people that we haven't even met yet? Um, and I think we get one of those answers in this issue, um, and and so, but not all the answers, I don't think. So we'll get there in a, in a little bit. Um, speaking of, we get uh, it's dark outside, so who do we get back? But Isabel,
0: and we we see kind of how that uh, symbiotic relationship works, because she comes from Hazel. Yes.
1: Right out of kind of like she's got her little hands curled up on her on her chest. And then there's the little line like a genie from a bottle, except it's from the baby. Yep. Pretty cool. I, I like that. I, I really liked Isabel. I like to go to past tense. Spoiler alert. We know it's coming in a few pages. Um, I guess I don't know if it's permanent, but I really liked her. I really like the the, the the snark is really fun and really nice. It's not too on the nose or too cheesy. Um, and, and, and I like that. But I do really love... How Marco, a man of magic, is so intense and fraught and nervous, um, and and then she's like, "You guys like just don't understand anything."
0: Yeah, <laughs> so I, funny. So I, I know this is a movie you didn't particularly care for, but she reminds me a lot of um, what's her name's character in Beautiful Girls. Uh, your, Natalie Portman. Yeah, Natalie Portman's character in Beautiful mm-hmm. Girls, where she is a kid. But she's just that whole wise beyond her years kind of thing. Of course, she's a dead kid, so she's not actually fourteen or whatever. She's probably really, you know, eight hundred something. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> so absolutely. Who knows? Um, but uh, but yeah, I I love it. I love Isabel. I like the us
1: floaty types or masters of misdirection. Remember, it's just I love the floaty types, and then it's also like, come on, like it's magic. We are like we've established this in the caves, which we talked about in that issue, how cool those were. But she's this is established that there's all sorts of hidden things and layers on this planet by the ghost of this planet. Um, so all of this is like seeded in. Uh, you know, not to make a plant <laughs> joke, but um, from from earlier on, um, and and then we get a big reveal in a pinup style. Open the book wide and flip it on its side. Uh, image of uh, the best treehouse in the galaxy.
0: Yeah, it's it's pretty incredible. It's a. I mean, the door page.
1: The door reminds me of like the um, Bilbo Bagginson's house. lord of the rings yeah um but i I, and i love the line i would have killed for a tree house when i was a kid um from isabelle as they look the two moons the big giant um tree (laughs) rocket ship is uh is there and it looks awesome and you get this great scale of the of the main characters at the bottom of it um it's super cool i i remembered that they found this but i did not remember what it looked like and it was very cool
0: so yeah, we we got the mention of the rocket ship forest in like issue two or something. Yeah, might have been in the first issue, but uh, you you don't have a context for that. You're like, is it like the uh, is it is it Volkswagens that have the like you have the uh, uh, the graveyard where everybody like takes their dead Volkswagens or it's or BMWs or one of those. You know, where it's just like this piece of land where people just park, you know, cars that are on their last legs. You're like, is it like that? No, no, it's an actual forest. Rocket ships are made out of wood, <laughs> so. I,
1: I pictured um a uh a like a sort of like a lollipop forest from like that yeah. like a Disney movie. Like what's the what's the one with the uh Wreck It Ralph that little girl who's in the candy um candy like video games yep. <laughs> racing game. I'm picturing like that with rocket ships of different colors. And again, I just couldn't remember. It's been so many years. And um but I knew that there was something literal about that. Um and I just forgotten. And it was such a cool reveal and I and I always I'm just a sucker and as I've mentioned before for an awesome splash page. But then you you made me open up the book wide and you make me turn it on its side and I'm like this is this is cool. Um sure. It's such a good editorial choice, too, that you're like, you've got to focus on this thing because you have to pick it up and you have to turn it. It makes you pay more attention. Um, very cool design choice in terms of the layout of the book. It's just all around. Real big fan of that rocket ship. <laughs> so bring us to what happens next with Prince uh, Robot
0: the Fourth. So we get confirmation that the stalk is indeed dead. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, But Prince Robot's bloody... Fuck, Bloodfuck. <laughs> <laughs> bloody fucking blood! Fuck, that's that's uh, if, like Vaughn is a master of all things, but creating new swears is probably like his number three greatest achievement
1: <laughs> you know I, I we've talked about how that we don't like they it's purposely written and made to and designed to not be adapted but if it ever got adapted into something Prince uh bill nighy should do the voice of prince robot the Fourth. a hundred percent this was the moment i was like yeah i just want to hear him swear like this <laughs> this would be so good
0: uh, oh man um so yeah and i love uh the uh what, what's the McHenry or whatever? His little companion, dude. McHenry, it's yeah. Immediately, just like, here's what I saw. <laughs> like, it completely fabricates this whole story about how she pulled, you know, pulled a gun on him. And, like, <laughs> of course, of course.
1: And, and I love how the Prince Robot for the fourth is uh, I'm just going to say Prince Robot. I keep getting jumbled up today. Prince Robot's uh, response is You behave commendably under fire <laughs> to the <laughs> lie. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so good. There's so much. It's so much comedy, and how close to so
0: much truth is Daryl Baynes And tragedy. Like you're and, like, there was a dead body right there. You're like, you murdered somebody. And and and
1: while somebody was on the phone.
0: Yeah, the will who doesn't understand what happened, and is going through this whole like, I know you're mad at me, but I'm just trying to help somebody, and. But then, like the tonal shift, when uh, Prince Robot picks up the um, little communicator device and says, "I'm," which I love, you introduce yourself, which may or may not wind up being the biggest mistake this dipshit ever makes in his life because of what what uh, the will says. It's like I'm Prince Robot the Fourth, and unfortunately, you're. Uh, what does he say, your client violated protocol and was just killed in action. Justly, justly. Yeah, justly killed in action.
1: Which to me is the, that's the arrogance because for for the will, from the little bits, you can tell he had feelings for the stock, deep feelings and complicated feelings, a little bit boyish feelings. And and now uh, confirmation something bad has happened. She has been killed. And this arrogant prince says, justly killed. Like, I was justified to end the life of this person you care about. And in the frame, the shadow over his face. Like There's no need. There's no need to make the choice to put a shadow over his face in terms of, like, a a lesser series wouldn't have. You'd want to see his face grimace up close or something. But the shadow over his face, what did you say? (laughs) It's like, uh uh-oh. Prince
0: Robot's in trouble. It is. So we talked about like the Liam Neeson taken thing Mm -hmm. um, in terms of parenting, but in terms of like delivery, like this is Liam Neeson's like voice on the end of other end of that phone when he's like, listen to my voice, boy. (laughs) I aim to murder you. (laughs)
1: Like, but finish it, man. Right after I murder everything Everything you you ever ever loved. loved. So, so listen, hear that in Mal's voice from Firefly.
0: Oh, 100%. So
1: that was my bookmark, is that I had such Firefly, like, uh, sparks and alarms going off as I read that. Um, and uh, I just kind of, but not in a bad way, just sort of like a this is in that sort of um, vein. Um, but then I also am kind of like, if you think about sort of... complicated history people have with firefly but but the the these guys were rebels there's a lot of like things that are they line up with the confederacy let's just say it like that way with what those guys were in firefly they were bad dudes in their own way. We just—they just happened to be the hero of the show we were watching. But in this case, the Will—he doesn't have to be the hero of crap. He can just be a bad dude. And this—this this language, the way there's no way someone didn't go Firefly much like to this line yeah. back then. And to think, like now I'm associating with this band of rebels, but. They he they don't have to be you know heroic that the will doesn't have to be heroic he's not our charming Nathan Fillion they they can lean in to the nastiness and I truly believe when the will says right after I murder everything you ever loved we know of two. We know of his his wife and his unborn child, and I'm and we know that the will will kill children. That was established in the the last episode or last issue, and and so now I'm like, yep, nope, uh, Prince Robot, your life is about to be messed up, pretty bad.
0: Yeah, and it 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 sets him on like we talked last week about how it our our characters are now like intertwined with each other, mm-hmm. but. Like, now not only is he after uh, this family... Like, now he's also after Prince Robot... Who is also after this family... Like, the way everything becomes intertwined is just... It's very soap opera... But not in the, like, cheesy, shitty way that soap operas do it.
1: But, But here's the thing, though... I think the thing about soap operas... Just to go on the devil's advocate side is they totally understand the serialized assignment, right? And, and so even when they're, you know, the acting style, if it's, you know, that's not my thing. And that, and the, like the writing style is not my thing, but the serialization, that's all our comic books are right. That's like, they're just soap operas have been going for decades. And, and so when they, when they, they always remind me of this, when they renumber the book, like they've started a book back at one, but they're like, actually <laughs> yeah. no it's issue 800. You're like, oh yeah, this is as the world turns around the X-Men. <laughs> and so, so, but so I, so I agree. Uh, but also to say on the positive side of this is Vaughn once again gets the assignment. Like he understands the soap operatic nature of comic books and just does it. It just nails it. He's so good at it. It's so fascinating to to see how – I don't know. I could see this being really cheesy or not good, and he just does everything great.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean I can't – yeah, I can't say it any better than that. He is rereading this and then having already uh, dove into a few things of his that I hadn't read before. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, he might be not my favorite, but he might be the best comic book author that we've ever scene we yeah i kind of def- have the same life in comics so i'm
1: definitely wondering like when i uh stop questioning whether or not it's hyperbole what's going on in my head about this book. So I've been trying real hard not to like say any like definitive statements about my opinions. I'm, all, I'm now only six issues in um, and I'm pretty sure I may maybe finish the next graphic novel's work but I don't think I even got that far when I originally read it. So like I don't I don't want to like get all on my high horse about it but the hyperbole is running wild in my head about this book and about Vaughn in relation to all the comics he's written including this book. So I'm I'm with you. Um, I want to point out something that i think is just the best uh, one of the best lines in this whole uh, issue which is prince robot's response to what we know what we just spent like four minutes talking about is an ominous deadly threat he says psychotics the lot of them and can't you just hear that in a snotty british accent yep <laughs> and it's like that's That is the downfall, though, of the elite. You don't see the storming of the Bastille because you're just up there eating your cake. I think I'm mixing all my French history up. But you know what I'm saying? Like, you just you you don't. If you are, if you feel that you are above a thing, you're gonna miss that thing coming right for your throat. And I feel like that's this moment, this interaction between them, is the moment Prince Robot misses misses the 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 arrow coming straight for him. And and that is um, now neither one of these guys are people I'm attached to in like I love them way. Like I like I have like really attached to Marco and Alana at this point and Isabel. Um, And and so I'm not rooting for them necessarily, but I'm like. This, this is not going to work out well, and your arrogance is going to be what it, the reason why it doesn't. Because I think Prince Robot's a smart guy, and I think if he took it seriously, he wouldn't have said justly, he wouldn't have been cocky, and he wouldn't have disregarded it. And if he dies eventually, or if his family dies eventually, um, I will say, yeah, dude, you should have known way back in issue six.
0: I'm so excited to talk about all of that stuff when we get there, <laughs> um, because some stuff is your own point, and some stuff – it goes places that you're going to be like, it's not where the fuck I thought we were going with this.
1: <laughs> well, that's the best part. So the, the George R. R. Martin questions early on as we did this podcast um, make me go like, but at the same time, all it's going to take is like a random staph infection and the will dies. And and like, it's just like, you just never know what's going to happen. So I'm, I'm very nervous, but excited. And I've just decided just to go with whatever my predictions are, because that'll make it more fun for the listener and for you.
0: Um. um. So I want, I want to talk about the, the next page uh, yeah. after the will hangs up. i um, going to get super serious just for a minute. So okay. it, it's just the will and like he's mortified. And that middle panel of Lioncat looking at him with his head like buried in his hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is how good Fiona Staples is. So um, about a year and a half ago, uh, we lost my brother. Uh, my twin brother. And <clears throat> immediately when you heard, uh, as soon as you could, you came to my apartment and you sat there while I basically did exactly what the will was doing. Yep. That is the look. The lying cat look. That is exactly how you looked while you <laughs> sat there with me. You know,
1: I, I it's funny. I have not thought about that. Probably my brain just putting it into a little spot for later on you know uh as it will do to keep you alive and keep you going yeah um and and it's funny i thought you were gonna say that that is how i looked probably because you couldn't see yourself and i was just gonna go yes (laughs) um but hearing that i think that yeah i think we both i i can see that moment very clearly in that moment but it also makes it, it it's it proves how simple art can needs to be to portray more universal truths. The uh, I think a lot about Sean Penn in the movie Mystic River, and there's like 50 cops around him. He's yelling into the sky, like, tell me that's not my daughter or whatever. And he's like screaming and spits coming out of his mouth. And that's a very affecting scene because it's overwhelming, but it also doesn't last as a timeless scene because it's so dramatic and on the nose right this panel which i don't even know if you remember that but um this panel is the truth of devastation is mostly quiet and and typically it's not with a bunch of people um it's it's by yourself uh or with a friend and and i totally see what you're saying in that panel yeah. and it's
0: um it, yeah uh, when i flipped to that i was like oh my god like hey like I said, this is <laughs> like like we need further proof, mm-hmm. but she is insanely, insanely talented. This is an uh, this is a cat. Like yeah, it's not a typical cat, but that look of like this is someone I love and care about, and they're going through something that I do not understand, and I don't know what I'm supposed to do here, but I am incredibly sad for them.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And the it, I like the the next panel is the spaceship floating in space which to me implies silence and and total quietness and cold and darkness and um it is like that moment when you ulti- when I ultimately left and you're like just there's nothing there's nothing good there's yeah. nothing and 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 it's a it's a very affecting page um and i was not prepared for you to go there not in a bad way but but it is uh dead on dead on makes me it makes me appreciate the work even more than i did before we came into this conversation
0: yeah fortunately that's that's all the all of that for the book the rest of it is just marco and alana and getting into the rocket ship <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> well let's let's get into that so so the, to get into the rocket ship i love the magic stuff that we learn we we get little bits every few issues um we're only six issues in so probably more to come i would assume um but i love that to get into the ship you have to provide a sacrifice um and so he's like immediately on his peace train i'm gonna sacrifice the sword because the sword
0: i literally just used the cypher
1: yes but it's going <laughs> to but I also had violence because that's how I saved you is through violence and blah, blah, blah. And so he's going to break the sword and there's a big old flashlight as he breaks it. So then immediately I'm like, oh, it is a magic sword (laughs) because it should not do that. But then the door's open. So it's, I, I like this whole sort of, uh, something to do with the snow earlier which we didn't fully get a uh, explanation for but the idea that there has to be some sort of transference within magic there has to be give and take um you cannot make something from nothing so there has to be the sacrifice to get in the door i like that a lot but i mostly love the joke where uh where isabel says so noble and alana says yeah and then she goes you're not ditching your ray gun are you and she's like not a effing chance yeah, so good, so funny, and true to those characters. Like, just it's they they admire him. Uh, I think Isabel has really taken a liking to him, um, and and Alana obviously loves him, but at the same time, not getting rid of that rig. <laughs> Come on,
0: my favorite, uh not my favorite panel, but my favorite little like line drop is, dude, you don't steer a rocket ship you ride it <laughs> like i love that for some reason
1: no no it's great it's a great it's a great page too i love the green uh fire that's coming up which is obviously now is eluding like now we can kind of start putting together the rocket ship is an actual tree and the leaves in the front cover and the green lighting and that sort of thing all there, very cool um and i, I like how there has to be this balance, like this harmony between nature and the people who are living with the, the nature to make it work together so that the nature doesn't do its own thing and take the hurricanes at you to course correct itself um, and, and instead will maybe get you where you want to go. I like all that stuff. It's very. Um, it's very hippie. And I'm a fan of it. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, and now we get to what all of a sudden it started making... It all started coming yeah. back to me.
0: Yeah. Quietus. Um, so, yeah, I, was, I wanted to ask you early on, but I didn't want to give anything away. Like, had you made it to Quietus, um, which is what they want their destination to be. So I guess we kind of skipped over that this rocket ship doesn't have... It's not a spaceship. It is, like, literally... Just rocket ship. It goes into space, and it, it's more. It's kind of sentient. So um, she tells us. Uh, Isabel says it kind of just goes where it wants. Um, yeah. But it, it, if it likes you, it may be open to suggestions. And that's when uh, uh, she says, "You know, what about Quietus? Because I want our daughter to meet the uh, the smartest man." that's ever lived or something smartest
1: person in the universe yeah yeah i i I remember quietest but that may have been like the end for me like right when they get there maybe the end for me um so i'd say vaguely but now but i don't know if i like i don't know so i think i i I know i got there in some fashion but did i just flip through a book or did i read to there i'm not sure
0: yeah um well when you get to that part it'll it'll come back if if knowing what happens if you read it you will be like oh yeah i did already read this so right
1: um so we're getting we're getting close to the end um we, we are having this one strand finally come back together which um so we've got prince robot comes back to uh the stalks with really cool looking spaceship um
0: and even it he th- just kind of commandeers it it's like oh well at least their ships are nice <laughs> well he even says
1: something like that to the will like we're gonna take
0: her stuff or like her her vehicles
1: and big stuff but if you want her little stuff you can we can send that to your address or whatever
0: um so <laughs> i, I so like that.
1: it is absolutely
0: <laughs> we'll send it to you <laughs>
1: Um, and so so but then he has a call uh, from landfall secret intelligence and he's not happy about that um, but they it's agent gale the are winged uh, blonde hollywood agents type um, and he is um, not happy about the stock being dead um, and um, it, it, there's just sort of like Everything's a little more complicated. So it looks like the people who sent the, the stock was from working for the Moonies, not not Prince Robots people. Um, and so now they've got like this. Now they're finding out, which I didn't know. I thought we did. Like, I don't know. I don't know who knows what is what I'm trying to say. And so now we're learning that uh prince robot side didn't know that the wreath side knew about the baby so they i thought maybe everybody knew that everybody knew and everybody wanted to get there but now they're just finding that out that everybody's after this the the mom and dad and, and hazel um so that's interesting because it's just it's not as simple as we all know we're all trying to get them it's like there's subterfuge within within the hunt Did that make sense what i'm trying to say
0: yeah yeah um it, it would would have been easy and i Honestly, it would have been easy for him writing this to have just let you go on assuming that everybody knew everything Mm -hmm. instead of creating that subterfuge Mm -hmm. and like helping you understand like where these where these lines are, like whose side is who, even though it does kind of make it confusing because you get to a point where you're like, I don't remember who's on what side. But that's also kind of the point because it doesn't matter. You're you're only on one side. It really doesn't matter. Cleave, wreath, like, cause you're not picking a side there. They're all not good. <laughs> so yeah.
1: I do like that the Agent Gale says you better uh, make sure your targets never get off Cleave alive, understood. And Prince Robot 4's kickback looking at the book that he found uh, at the prison several issues ago, kind of leaned back very casually, leg crossed, Threaten all you want. <laughs> but it doesn't change the fact that the lovebirds have probably already flown the coop. I love how like he's like, They're back. that's done. Like, you'll, you'll be all upset, but that's happened. Um, and it's sort of diminishes any threat of gale in this moment but it also makes me wonder like prince robot just like he does with the will and has this royal sort of bias of like i am above or elitism i think is probably the better word um is he just missing more threats all around him more sharks in the water because he's blowing this guy off i'm very curious about that further down the line but we get Another uh, – from Prince Robot's perspective, Quietus comes up again because the author, the one-eyed author, um, Dr. Oswald Heist uh, of, the, of the novel, resides on Quietus, and he, I love the ref, like the reflection or, I don't know, the word backwards mirrored on his face of Quietus. Yeah really cool um and and the words from agent gale where the hell did you go as the planet's name or the place's name on his uh on his face so it seems like we now have uh our characters not in a chase but now on a
0: collision course yep you know and we we kind of know like <laughs> we we know where they want to be headed so yeah. and then it, it, like I, I was reading this and i was like so that's the because we get uh, it cuts to them on the ship, like flying through space. And you know, her narration is like, This is where I grew up. You know, m- my childhood was spent clinging to the feathers of a dulled arrow blindly fired across a starless night, which is so poetic, but also a little too poetic. <laughs> but this,
1: this, this is a girl who writes in her journal,
0: yeah. Yeah. You know
1: what I mean? It's definitely that kind of language, but I like
0: it. Um, and she's like, it was heaven for a while anyway. And I was like, that's not the end of the issue. And then, yeah, flip to the next page and all hell just breaks loose. <laughs> so
1: so we get the best shower in the world or in the <laughs> galaxy, which is a fun joke. Um, but uh, also, like, I don't know if you've ever been, like, without a shower for se- – I are mm-hmm. probably in the hospital. Probably that best shower when you get home from the hospital, I can yep. only imagine. Um, for me, it's post-Bonnaroo. <laughs> four days of nastiness and then you get home and you get to take like four showers in one evening to wash it all away. They're all the best showers you've ever had in your life. Um, but so she has her great shower. Uh, Alana does, but then the alarms start going off. It turns blue. Um, and, and we know uh, something's gone wrong. Isabel's face says we've got magic incoming, um, and everyone's freaking out. Uh, and then I do love the, um, that so Marco goes no my sword, Isabel goes what did you do this time, and then this this I love that he's trying to explain that she's he's going she's going to kill me and then Alana's like, Gwendolyn just give her the rings back and be done with it like he, <laughs> that's her immediate reaction is it's the X, um, and then two warriors show up.
0: Yeah. Um, so I I want to point. I don't know if you've noticed. So they show up in this this like battle armor. Yes. But it's a little like it doesn't quite fit them. Yes. Totally. Okay. They look kind of so, dumpy. Yes. So yeah. um, which threw me. I, I remember reading this the first time being like. I mean that's battle armor, but they do look kind of dumpy, and it kind of threw me off. Mm-hmm. And then you, you know, you get we get this like all-out action scene and a foreign language um, that is completely made up. Also, the dude made up his own language. I know a lot of writers do that, but I don't think a lot of comic book writers do that. So there's some um, Spanish
1: going on in there too. So it's like this nice, like it's taken Spanish and then like twisted it into something yes.
0: different. So. Um yeah it, it's all it, it, I would love to have a conversation about the language and just be like so what's the cause we never get any translation we have no idea what the hell they're saying to each other so you just kind of get the gist of it you know yeah and so you know after they they shoot isabel um which uh you alluded to earlier like it looks she like dead. she's dead yeah uh, like she's just,
1: disintegrated and it seems to me like that's it. And that's what's super shocking and like,
0: no. Um, so, uh, and through the conversation, like they realize that's Marco. One of them takes their helmet off and she's like, what the fuck is going on? And he holds up the baby saying something. And then the final page is both of them with their helmets off, a man and a woman. And the narration is, and then my grandparents came to live with us.
1: And then the grandpa going, oh.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, so that,
1: this is what I will say. I really think, so it, I think confirm or deny as far as if you want to, and you can say you don't want to if you want to, but um, it's Isabel's dead, right? Like my immediate feeling is, wow, isabel has gone. No. Oh, okay. Good, awesome. Um, so, well, so okay. So the the grandparents have. watch attacked. me be
0: wrong. I'm almost hundred percent sure she's not dead. <laughs> oh,
1: okay. Okay. So, um, so the, but the grandparents in this issue, we meet them right after they violently attacked and look like they've disintegrated Isabel. Um, and immediate and the, the the grandpa's got the typical like the kind of schlubby oh like a knucklehead grandpa look, and but the grandma's got this like serious face on, and immediately I'm like, I don't I don't feel good about any of this. <laughs> This doesn't seem helpful. Maybe they need to go away. How do we get rid of the grandparents? Is my first thought. Um, But immediately, again, I'm like, prince uh, robot is on the way to quietus our heroes are on the way to quietus isabel's gone who is that uh, kind of the interpreter between them and the tree ship and and then now we've got grandparents here who look very angry and killed isabel and we've liked isabel and everything just looks like chaos and at some point the will is going to mess up a lot of people's lives and we, we haven't even talked about like is he going to be able to save the little girl on sextillion and so it's like all these things i'm like <sighs> i have to keep reading <laughs>
0: Yeah it is it is a lot of a lot of questions um which so uh in the letters column Brian Vaughn talks about this had the book not taken off this would have been the end of it and the ending would have been that they get on the ship and it just explodes and that's the end of the story um because they weren't going to you know be able to financially yeah. keep pumping this book out um which I was like, oh, okay, so, well, that, but, no, dude, that's, that's the end of their story, like, even if those two characters, or three characters, four characters, whatever, die, no, like, we, like, I don't want to say we care about the Will, we care about that story, though, and we were introduced to, like, all these other plots, like, is Prince Robot gonna get to see his baby, like, what, like, what's gonna happen there, like, that wouldn't have been the end of the story for me it would have it would have been unsatisfying as hell it
1: would have been one so. of the the great uh, based on again I haven't read the whole thing but based on the reception and the people's you know love of this series which I'm totally understanding every page we go through of this book um, but it would have been one of those great unsung shows that got cancelled in season one it would have been Firefly for comic books but yep. actually but but honestly I feel like uh, would have surpassed that reputation just in terms of quality it's so good in these first six issues it's just such a fantastic collection of storytelling and artwork and words all working together Together to tell this narrative of all these different characters, and I'm, it's just so the plot is as good as its, dis, you know, subtext as as good as its art, and it's all just so equally great. And it would have been such a loss. And I'm so excited that I get to continue reading this with you and and
0: you listeners out there. Yeah, um, yeah, uh, I I flipped ahead. Yeah, she's not dead. I, I was okay. like, I'm a hundred percent sure because. Of what I remember happening next But uh, yeah she's not dead Which I guess that's Spoilers but like really That's a character we love Like you, you want her to be safe so, so, there you go.
1: So we have now, for only one time in this whole uh, series so far, have we uh, broken the spoiler ahead rule? So that's it. That's our one for the for the graphic novel. Each graphic novel, we can do that one time. <laughs> um, so um, not really. We'll just we, we play fast and loose. And if you want us to stop doing it, get Brian Cave on on our podcast to talk to us, or Fiona Staples or both, and then we'll stop podcasting, and then you don't have to deal with our spoilers anymore. That um, it is it's a it's a weird it, threat, but I love this threat.
0: It is interesting that in. Let's see. Six issues. Um, Marco's been shot, Lana's been shot, uh, Isabel got shot. Uh the stalk, the stalk. got shot. Um Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean that's four four people in six issues that have been just shot. <laughs> point like almost point blank. Oh man. So good.
1: Okay, so look, it's time for us to tell uh favorite page or panel. Um, What you got? I think I might know yours from what you said, but what's what's your favorite page or panel?
0: Um, You'd think so, but honestly, the reveal of the rocket ship is my favorite.
1: It's mine, too. I'm a sucker for the big splash, and I just love that they make you turn the book on its side. I I just really, something about that sort of pin-up style, like a hot rod picture, but it's of this tree spaceship. Um, It's just, it's so cool. It, it, It makes you... Uh, understand that what you're looking at is cool, and that you don't need to look at only one type of thing turn sideways to be cool. Like this is cool.
0: Well, and you have like the dual moons in the background, like yeah. the way the sky looks, and so, it, so it's it's in a much bigger format for you, so it's even better. Um, mine's digitally, so it is all on one page. Yeah. So it is shrunken, but you still get the effect of it but the the one thing weirdly enough that i i really really love is they the word bubble they do Mm -hmm. not feel the need to make it bigger they actually make it smaller Mm -hmm. and the text is smaller to even add to the like this is how big this thing is
1: (laughs) no yeah no I, i i'm with you i totally agree it's um I love the door. I love the shadows from the moon and like the roots and the ground. Like I just, yeah, it's such a great page. It's another one of those awesome poster images. I mean, it's just so good, but it also tells you so much about everything that's happening. It's just all, it has a reason. It's not just for cool factor. It just happens to have cool factor because it's so well done. Cool. Cool. What else we got? Any any last thoughts about the uh, the issue before we take a talk about what we're doing on our next podcast episode um, as we break between graphic novels?
0: Um, yeah, I did. So uh, this issue ends with her grandparents coming to live with them, mm-hmm. and you are someone who that has happened. It wasn't yep. your parents, but it was your mother-in-law. Yep. And like, we're gonna see where that goes. Like. For her story, and I imagine it's something we're going to wind up talking about because it does become such a big part of the story, but um, I I gotta feel like, no, I mean, your instance was probably more traumatic than her instance because of how everything happened. Um. I would
1: I would say I'm very. So this series, this first uh, set of issues has been so much about having a newborn. So many good, interesting things to talk about that I can relate to currently um, and that uh, you've allowed me to sort of explore. I I would say at this point I'm immediately I'm like, oh, wow are you kidding there's another thing in my life that has just recently happened um that that i can relate to that's potentially happening i mean in the way she phrases it my grandparents came to live with us i don't see this as like they're there for two issues you know and so um so my my thought is immediately like wow what kind of stuff is vaughn gonna let us dig up um about that and so i would say at this point I, i immediately just thought wow i can't wait to see what future issues hold to see what conversations uh we can mine from the reality of this fantastical situation.
0: Yeah. And, and it really goes back to speaking to what she had said about, you know, you know, the whole, it, it takes more than just your parents to raise you like, you know, and certain things, weird things happen. Like, Not in a million years when he broke that sword did he think, oh, this is going to trigger something and my my mom's going to show up. And, you know, like, it's crazy how the things we do, like, so quickly and without thought wind up having this, like, massive effect either hours, days, months, years later in our life and, like. Sometimes that can feel like a bad thing. and It turns out to be a good thing. Sometimes it, you think it's a good thing and it winds up being the worst decision you ever made. So, yeah. um, no
1: kidding. I'm, I, I, it's going to be fun to explore. I'm excited to to get to know them. The one thing I do know is that the next issue, because I started, I flipped the page, you know, it starts off as a flashback. So I'm excited to um, get to know uh, his his parents a little bit, yeah. hopefully. Um but yeah, I'm excited to explore that. I'm open to it. We'll just see what what happens, but I'll we'll dig into some of that reality mirroring stuff as we get there.
0: Yeah, I feel uh, like we're going to open the next, uh, well, not the next uh, podcast, but the next issue of Saga. That discussion is also going to start with the cover, because holy shit. Um, but uh, anyway. So yeah, so okay, so we
1: have now finished the first uh, paperback graphic novel collection, the first six issues of Saga. Um, We are taking a break. This is sort of our plan as we go along the series week to week um, episode uh, recaps of issues and once we get to a breaking point like between these paperback graphic novels is kind of our intention um we read something else to brian k vaughn's in the interim um typically a collection all at one time um and then talk about the whole thing i think we've mentioned this the last two episodes um but we are going to read private eye um which we i think we both i definitely got the hardback from instocktrades.com where did you get yours logan Oh, I got it digitally. Digitally. Sorry. Okay, it got you. Yeah, so that's available. It was a digital book. F- oh, no, we'll talk more about this. When we get into it next week, um, but it was digital only first, right? And then got right. published. Yeah. Right. Okay. Gotcha. So I didn't know much about this book. I've heard about it and seen it, but that's about it. Like I knew it existed, but couldn't have told you what it was about. I would have guessed a private detective. Um, that's about as far as I you could would have, have gotten. Kind of been right. <laughs> so, so we um, we're going to read the whole collection um, and then talk about that in our next episode, just sort of as a. Uh, uh, not that we even need a palate cleanser, because it's just such a good book saga. But it's just a nice little break to kind of shake things up, uh, do something a little different, so we can cover, uh, keep the Brian K. Pod um, going as a Brian K. Vaughn podcast, and kind of explore other corners of his, um, his, his, his I almost said filmography, because I'm so used to talking movies with you. Um, but from from his uh, his literature uh, background, that's terrible. I'm terrible talking right now. But his, what what's the collection of the comic book works? That you, is there a word for that, like filmography?
0: Um, bibliography. I mean, I imagine it's the same for yeah. authors. So. Yeah,
1: that's, that's good. English. English major here can't even come up with big bibliography. <laughs> absolutely. From his <laughs> bibliography. Um, but we're going to talk about Private Eye. I'm excited for this. I'm excited to get it off my shelf because it doesn't look like it fits there. It looks like it wants to jump out into my hands and let me read that book. So we're going to read the whole thing. Um, have you read the whole thing yet, Logan?
0: I know you saw I, I'm halfway through. Okay. Um, and, and just holy shit i'm not gonna spoil any. i'm not gonna say it. just his this this dude he's either the absolute king of choosing partners for artists or he's the luckiest son of a bitch on the planet <laughs> so I, I i don't know how he does this awesome
1: well, well guys find uh and, and gals folks out there um uh listening uh find uh uh, private eye take a look at it read it um and if you um if you like this podcast and you have some other friends who don't really read saga but like comics and maybe they have read it or you want them to listen that's a good opportunity for them to do a one-off this is just sort of like those uh, issues of comics on like big series where they have like a different writer come in and write an issue or two <laughs> to kind of break up big storylines that's what this will be for us brian k vaughn's done that a couple of times um and so um Anyway, so check out Private Eye. We'll talk about that next week. Um, looking forward to that. Um, until then, Logan, where can they find more of you and your work and this podcast on the internet?
0: Everything uh, I do right now is over at xwingfiles.com, except my written work, which is at the movie aisle, I-S-L-E dot com. Um, currently have a series going on over there talking about um, movies and what they, they kind of meant to me, my family, uh, as a whole, uh, very personal stuff. So yeah, I, I,
1: I would recommend, uh, if you guys have liked any of our conversation where we veer off book and talk about our lives, um, Logan is great at writing about his life in that way. And, um, I still get comments from, uh, from friends and family about, The piece you did for our old website about the the way way
0: back um i was gonna tell you like i know your dad loved that and Mm -hmm. i'm not i I hate promoting my own stuff but like if you haven't you should ask him if he wants to read some of that other stuff and point it like point him that way no no i
1: I actually thought about that it's something that next time we talk we are going to talk about so yeah he's gonna he'll check it out i know he will um but yeah so um yeah, uh, check that out. And then you can find me on uh, Twitter at Film Dispenser, like a Pez Dispenser for movies. Um, if you have any questions for the podcast, you can DM me there. Just tweet me, whatever. The only thing I ask is try to avoid spoilers for future issues because I don't know what's coming. Uh, I like to avoid it. Um, and, so, uh, and of course, rate and review us on whatever podcast service you're listening to us on. And uh, Stealing from Fighting in the War Room, one of my favorite film podcasts. Uh, if you want to talk bad about us, just give us five stars. And say whatever you want to. We'll still read it so um so thanks for everything guys it's fun we did our first run man it's like season one done and uh and we're gonna keep moving forward it's exciting
0: yeah i'm 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 stoked to talk about more saga but holy shit especially with your film like knowledge cannot wait to talk about private eye awesome.
1: This is going to be a fun one. So so yeah, thanks for listening this far along into Brian K. Pod. Um, this was issue six of Saga. We're taking a break for Private Eye next week. And then after that, we'll be back with issue seven. So thanks so much for listening and we will talk we'll to you soon. The casualties after the
0: intergalactic battles, this little child slept through. If life is a story, then mine is a sucker And we'll ride it long enough if they let you. This is a family matter. The casualties after the inner collecting battles, this little child slept through. If life is story the mine is a saga, and we'll write it long enough if they let you.